Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live here on Rise on Fire, and um, I'm really excited. I've got a really special guest with me tonight that I'm about to introduce to you. Um, but before I do that, I want to just share what we're going to be talking about tonight. I'm really super excited. Um, about a day or two ago, I released a, ser a new series called Women in Ministry. And in that series, I talked about... Um, a few very controversial things. I talked about how, you know, um, um, Paul's letters about women and, and ministry, their head coverings, you know, should women wear head coverings? Can women teach? Um, Etc. And, and all the letters that he wrote concerning those things. And so um, I encourage you to go and watch those videos um, if you haven't yet. Um, tonight I've got a really special guest with me and we're going to be discussing some of the fringe um, things around it. We're going to be looking at a few topics such as the role of a single or a divorced or a widowed woman in the body of Christ or in an in assembly. Um, we're going to be looking at, you know, women who are, who, who maybe have a husband who are not, not submitted unto Christ and how, you know, that question of how do I submit to a husband who isn't submitting to Christ? We can be looking at that. You know, we're going to be looking at um, 1 Timothy in terms of um, how Paul talks about uh, uh, the, the role of a bishop and what a bishop is. And we're going to talk about the difference between bishops and deacons, especially in relation to women in ministry as well. And uh, yeah, and we're going to be looking at a few other great examples of, of women. And Tian, who I'm going to introduce in a moment, has is, is got some really amazing uh, insights to, sh to share as well. Let me just tell you guys how this kind of happened. You know, I think about a month or, or so ago, well, actually, I think even in December this year, it started with me and Tian just talking about, um, uh, you know, many things that we, we were seeing in the assembly, in in the church, in the body of Christ, and and we saw, and we especially in relation to how women are often treated. And it's funny that the the father, the spirit, started moving both of us to start looking into this topic at the same time about. Uh, I don't know, probably a month ago or so, and and today we're sitting and we've and this is after so many things and we're ready and we're here to share with you what we have done. So Tian, before I go on, can you can you maybe just introduce yourself for us? Um, tell us about you, your ministry, and so on. Yeah, of course. Um, hi guys. Yes, I'm Tian van Weyck. Um I live in Cape Town, South Africa. Like PD said. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm married to my wife Claudia. We've got two kids, um, and and yeah, we've we've really been blessed. Father has been very good to us. Uh, in terms of ministry, I wouldn't necessarily say that um, we have a ministry per se, like like you have. Um, I am very fortunate to be a, a shepherd or overseer of a fellowship as well that we have. Um, and we also get together as as communities, which we can also, um, I think we will discuss that a bit later as well with um, a few fellowships coming together. But I'm um, I'm very excited about tonight. It was it was very exciting to see that um, you're diving into this topic. And like you said, it was quite amazing. I think we did it from two different angles or maybe for two different reasons as well. But um, I'm very excited to be here tonight and to have the opportunity to discuss this with you and with everyone else as well. Right. Awesome. So, Dion, I think 
where it's a good place now to start just we can just talk about you know tell tell us maybe why did you decide to start digging into this topic of how women are should be treated in relation to the body the body of of yeshua perfect perfect of course well to to me what happened what was quite interesting is the more and more people i, I met especially um being married and with couples coming into our home and just speaking to people it was so interesting to me how often in these situations that um it was the woman who came to to the knowledge of the truth um first you know and and so much so that that often it was women waiting for years for their husbands you know i'm talking about two years up to six seven years and it's also not just one or two couples it's really so many people that we um that we meet and that we speak to and I just wanted to find out why, you know, Father, why is it that the woman that the woman seemed to to take this thing easier and um, and the men not, and and that is just basically why it, it was also difficult for me in that in that position or in that situation that um, it was so frowned upon for women to maybe speak or to to teach, you know, if um, if this is what we're seeing and if this is the situation that it that that is happening so i was just um going at it from from that point of view about why the woman first father why is there so many women why is there so many women still waiting for their husbands i mean we yeah, all know about huge many of them and um yeah it was quite fascinating what what i believe you know what it came to and what i saw and um, i'm sure we'll chat to that later as well Right. So, um, so you, I think it's a big thing, you know, I've seen it over and over, um, father oftentimes, you know, I don't know, however it happens, the, the, the women, when we look at marriages, oftentimes we find the women grab a hold of Yeshua and the fullness of him. Um, yeah. and sometimes the men are kind of left behind. And then a few years later, you know, the men start coming along and whatever, but it's, it's kind of interesting because, um, Tiana, I want you to expand on this a bit. You know, when we look, there's a few biblical examples. I think you know, with this, that's very similar. I don't think this is a new thing. I think actually that we saw this even happen way back. You know, from the very beginning, some of the first things, just when Yeshua was raised, that was some of the first things that happened, right? Yes, yes. I think I, I think that's a a very important point to start off with. Like you said. Um, it was amazing to me when when I just went and 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 at at the execution and that Passover and then the next day what what happened and everything. Um, I think it's quite important for the men to note that you know we we denied our Messiah. They a few a few days earlier, you know, all these disciples they were ready and they said yes, they believe you are the Messiah, you you are the Son, and and they were, and then when it came down to it, we know that. Um, that Judas handed him over and that that Peter that Kepha said three times that very night that they took him that um, he does not know him and and the other men ran away and there was one standing at a distance and and they all denied him which was I, I think quite significant in in what happened and as I just read along it was quite interesting to me to to see the woman I think it was was Mary Magdalene and his mother and um, and someone else as well that I can't remember now but they were they were there they were they were at his feet they were at the cross they were really mourning for him you know they they were really feeling the hurt and the and the heart sore for that and um and i think it's so significant like you know that that he appeared to the woman first that um that mary and them they they went to the grave they i i believe it was still a sign of they wanted to see they wanted to be close to him and the man was nowhere to be seen in all of this mm. 
and um, and I think it, it's vital for women in ministry as well, or just for women in general, to understand that the mandate that they was given there as well, because they had a commandment to go to the men and to tell them that um, that he's risen. You know, that was their mandate. So, firstly, for me, just they they went to eleven men. So to say that women can't speak in a congregation is kind of you know, if there's eleven men that you're having, you're definitely not sitting still and you and you're not allowed to speak. And I think they had quite significant news to tell as well. And um, and yes, we know that that they went there and that they told them the good news and that that Peter, that Kefa got up and he went and looked and um, and it wasn't this amazing thing. But I think there's very much significance in the reason why he appeared to the woman first. And of course, like we know that that the men denied him. We, we weren't there. Exactly, you know, and right after, you know, that all happened and then Yeshua, you know, when Peter, he went to the tomb and whatever and he found it empty and then Yeshua appeared again, you know, and to Mary and, you know, that whole scene about, oh, are you, are you the gardener, you know, that scene and, you yeah. know, again, she, she, he then appears again to this woman or while he, you know, and it's this, it's, it's like you said, there's a message behind this. I think he, God, like I, I've said on those videos, like God could have appeared to anyone. Exactly. But he chose to appear to women. And I think, you know, it's kind of funny because when they went to Peter initially and then to tell them, it says that the word says that they did not believe. They thought that their words were idle. They thought that they were basically foolish in, yeah. in proclaiming the good news, you know. And, you know, one thing that I want to t touch on is, you know, when, I, when I, I talked about that in the video, I had a comment that that was a really good comment that I actually want to just touch on, which someone said. Um, it's a good point, you know, and I want us to just discuss it quickly. So I want to read it quick. This is, he says, my brother, there's a difference between preaching the good news and giving testimony and teaching the scriptures to the church. Right. So he's saying, right. So these women and, you know, they were giving testimony. They were preach. They were, you know, give, I guess giving testimony that he's risen, but there's a difference between that and teaching. You know, um, if I if I can just give my two cents on that, you know, I think that I would challenge anyone to go and stand before any any group of people and try and proclaim the good news, try and proclaim the testimony of Yeshua, right, without teaching. Try and proclaim or tell anyone about him without teaching. We we can't do that. And try and teach without proclaiming him. You know, we we can't preaching and teaching it goes hand in hand and one of the big things that i've seen is we have a lot of women who have a gift of teaching because there's women who's got an amazing gift of teaching and sometimes they need to walk on eggshells because of the men they need to walk on eggshells because and i've seen it many times where they, they, they're kind of saying like you know um Oh, by the way, I'm not teaching. I'm only giving testimony right now. But meanwhile, they are actually teaching. It's kind of just this, this we need to sidestep this whole thing because yeah. of people who believe that women are not allowed to teach. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's, 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 I think most of us men, even today, as we're listening and here and sitting here, you know, can confess that we have learned things from women. And I'm not just talking about our moms, which is a big thing, but even women, are, if you, whether you're married, you've got a wife or even friends, you know, the, the, the fact is that I, I would not be who I am today if it was not for women who receive insight from father, the kind of insight that I as a man would just totally not get, you know? 
No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I can just from a personal experience as well, and and as we still right right now, you know, it's there's women that play um, that play a big part in my life, and and I often I often think that we that we forget. Um, you know the part in Genesis where it says, "Therefore, a husband, ach, a man, shall leave his father's house, and the two shall become one." You know, when you're married as well. Um, you know, they, I, th I think there's often men that that come out of a like we we also want to oppress women and to to kind of make we take this submissive or submission way out of what it's supposed to be. You know, if you are if you are loving your wife, then of course I want my wife to. Like I, I made covenant with my wife. I value her opinion. I, I want to, um, I need her opinion as a husband for that matter. So if, if my wife has got something to say, for instance, in the fellowship and that, um, I mean, of course the father speaks to her as well. So, so she needs to. And, um, and I think that's, that that's quite important. Um, what you said there, you know, that women have played a very big role in, in all of our lives. Right. And, you know, not only that, you know, we read that and, you know, Paul talking about this woman, Phoebe, you know, in, in Romans 16, and he talks about how she is a servant and he commends her, but that word servant's actually deacon. So he's yeah. actually saying, oh, this woman, um, because now look, it's the way that he wrote this is quite interesting because it really seems like he is commending her and he's saying, this is who she is. You need to take care of her. You need to, you know, all this as if she's the one bringing the letter, you know, and many scholars actually do believe that she is the one who delivered the letter of the Romans to the assembly. Yeah. And the natural thing would be that if she delivered that letter, that she would be the one reading it. She would be the one delivering it. She would be the one telling them what Paul means by it. Yes. And so that's why Paul is like, oh, by the way, this woman who's here, I commend her to you. You know, she's been amazing. She's a deacon, by the way. That's yeah. a role of leadership. That's not yes. just a woman. That's not just, that's a leadership position in a church. And, and so, you know, um, I think one thing to just clarify is, is that we, while we talk about women, um, we, we believe that women, um, there's a place for them to teach. We believe all this. I don't think we are not saying that um, all men who are, let's say, a pa all pastors who are men or, or who are le leading a congregation, someone like Tian, right? Um, we are not saying that they should now um, step down and let a woman take that position. But I do. We're going to look. I want us to read one Timothy three in a moment, um, because Paul talks about this thing about an overseer, right? He, he talks about yeah. how, and an overseer is that one that's the overseer of a congregation. You know, I think a lot of people think that in the first century. Um, churches, it was different in that there was no real one-man leader, but they were um, because, yeah. you know, they were following Torah. And Moses, when Moses, I, I want to remind you guys, when Moses was, um, you know, in the Exodus, he was leading Israel and he was carrying this whole burden by himself. And then, um, you know, his father-in-law came, Jethro, right? And he, and he says, Moses, you can't do this. We need to appoint men around you to help you, right? So he appointed leaders of it says leaders of thousands of hundreds of fifties and tens and so in other words there were this is kind of an hierarchy structure that we're seeing and this would would have been the same structure that the synagogues were following later in the first century and then consequently as well of course paul's um fellowships and and the churches he was writing to yeah and so 
Um, so there is that concept, just like we have today, of someone who oversees a fellowship. Um, all right, so um, uh, Tian, you can open up for me in, in 1 Timothy 3. Uh, I'd like to just read a, a few verses here um, because someone also brought this up um, in response to the videos, and, and I think it's a good point. Um, we're, just in relation to where do women fit in in this whole idea, you know? Um, so, um, 1 Timothy 3. All right. Sorry, just give me a second. I just had my cat jumping up on you. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, um, all right. So, 1 Timothy 3. Trustworthy is the word. If a man longs for the position of an overseer, he desires a good work. An overseer then should be blameless, the husband of one wife, sober, sensible, orderly, kind of strangers, able to teach, not given to wine, a brawler, but gentle, not quarrelsome, no, no lover of silver, one who rules his own house well, right? Having his children in subjection with all reverence. If a man does not know how to rule his own house, how shall he look after the assembly of God? Not a new convert, lest he become puffed up. Right, so the point is like he, he, he says something really specific in that, that he should be the husband of one wife, right? Yeah. So an overseer is a man in this, in this way that he's talking about. But now that's interesting because we, we talked about Phoebe, right? And she was a leader, but she wasn't an overseer. You see, there's yeah. a difference between an overseer and a deacon. Um, a, a deacon is someone who we read in just a few verses later in 1 Timothy 3 verse 8. Then he says, likewise, attendants, and this is another word for a deacon, are to be reverent, not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy or for filthy gain, holding to the secret to the belief of a clean conscience. And let these also be proven first and let them serve if they are unreprovable. And this is interesting. Get this guy's next. He says, wives in the same way, reverent, not false accusers, sober, trustworthy in every way. Okay. And then you see, it's interesting because we have with the overseer, we have this thing of, he talks about the man and that's it. He says, this must be a man, a husband of one wife, etc." But when yeah. it comes to the deacon, he also talks about a man, but he also talks about a wife. So there's this thing where, and I want to submit that he's talking, because we know that Phoebe was a deacon. He was a, she was approved by Paul. Yeah. And now we're reading about deacons, uh, instructions around deacons with Paul. And then he, he does mention wives. He does mention females as well with that. And so I want to submit that, you know, and I think Tion, you can maybe pitch in here as well a little bit, like with, in, in relation to your, you and, and, and your fellowship. But, you know, for me, it really seems like we have this thing where um, the deacon, if, if let's say I become a deacon, right, of, of a church, um, I am supposed to be equally yoked with my wife. That's the structure that God instituted. We, me and my wife, we need to be on fire for God. We need to be serving the kingdom of God together. We need to be, you know, um, destroying the works of the devil together. We need to work together in ministry kind of things. And if I'm a deacon, She's right here alongside me. She's right here going to be, and she's going to enter that position, that elderly position too, where we're now together going to be elders and serve together as elders. I think that's really the ideal position um, that God calls. Of course, it's not all, it has, doesn't have to be that way, but, no. but it's something that I think can be very powerful um, for the kingdom. Tia, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, well, I, I agree 100. percent If we if if we look at the overseer, um, it's just it's just all, always the order of our creator. You know, that is where the the man will will always be in that um, a leading position. But yes, I, I totally agree with you. We've the, we know that Phoebe was a deacon as well, and um, and that 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 woman is allowed as long as your overseer, your top structure is right. There will be godly women. Because we both know that women, how many women, we can't say that women don't have gifts and, and they don't have anything to add to the body. There's also too much scripture backing that, that um, that they always have been right through Torah up until the gospel as well for, for the New Testament. So um, I, I believe if your top order is right, you will identify people that can be male or female that will be in position of leading underneath um, the overseer. Right, exactly. So you you talking about that order thing? I think I think you when we talked, you mentioned something about you know some issues you guys were encountering in your fellowship with with I think it was I'm not sure if it was men kind of commenting when when a woman was to come up. Um, do you yeah. want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so that's where um that's where we get into into our community. So what we what we have in Cape Town in Somerset West is um we we have a few different groups there's um we two two biggish groups that that come together pd you you were once there um as a speaker yourself um sharing the the parasha with me um but so so we come together once a month and we and we do a bit of worship we we bless the children under the talit really just have a bigger fellowship coming together and and it, it it's a lot of worship and singing and just really praising the father and um, we we have a woman in Cape Town that um, that's been an obedient believer since 1998. And I, whenever I speak about her, I'm, it's not about the amount of time that she's been doing it. It's about the work that she's been doing. You know, while the man was absent being at rugby stadiums, she was busy <laughs> casting casting out demons. You know, when when the men weren't there, she was going into these neighborhoods proclaiming the good news. You know, and and she really that that was what she was doing. So. Obviously, um, we still give her we still give her a platform to speak. You know, she's she's very much a part of the community as one of the leaders as well. So, so if I can just we we are two two overseers of men, and then with her, so we'll always invite her to speak. So as as a covering, just for us, we just cover her and we pray, and and we and then she'll come and speak. But obviously, within that, you do have a few of the older men mostly um that that's not necessarily always so happy with um with a woman speaking or teaching or whatever you want to call it and sorry just to get back on on that point i totally agree with you that um i think if you start splitting start splitting uh, proclaiming the gospel or a testimony of it then then we're pretty much doing the same old thing that we've always been doing it and i agree with you it, it's one thing you can't separate the two if you are proclaiming the gospel, you are proclaiming Torah. Otherwise, um, you must go and look what you're proclaiming. I believe, you know. So, so I don't feel there's a difference in that. Um, and yeah, so we just every now and then encounter one or two comments regarding that, and and yes, and then we handle it from there in right. a way that we believe is biblical and right. Right. So you know, and that's a good point. You know, we we read in uh, about the 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 head coverings, if you will. You know, the, the structure that God instituted, where we have the 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 wife, right? The then we have the husband who covers her. Then we have Christ Yeshua who covers the husband. Then we have God who covers basically everyone. 
And, you know, it's a good point in that, you know, we have this structure and this means that, you know, we have this really good piece in Deuteronomy that talks about this, you know, um, where we read about how God gives us, um, let's open up there. Just I just want to read like one or two verses for a second there. Um, in, in Numbers 30, right, we read about how um, God gives us this, th these instructions around vows. So he, he talks about how um, if a woman um, is, 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 is like, like he says, basically, if she lives under her father's home, she's not married, she's then covered by her father. And if she is, but she, if she's married, she's chosen a husband to cover her, then she, right, she marries and that husband is her covering, right? And so he then talks about how when a woman makes a vow, um, a husband can go, this is a Numbers 30, you can go read it. A husband can go and, and, and nullify basically her words and make her words void if he so chooses. In other words, if she's coming up and she's saying something and he, does not, he, he can go and he can, as a covering, as a protection, he can protect her and nullify her words. Just like Yeshua at the end of the day, because he's even our covering as, as men, right? He's everyone's covering. He um, he nullifies our words and he covers us and protects us in many cases. That's why that's part of salvation at the end of the day, even. Um, so yes, we we have this picture, and um, we also then have uh, uh, this kind of similar structure that needs to happen in a, a congregation where. So, so you know, in Ephesians we read, "Wives submit to your." husbands right and then husbands love your wives um and so in an assembly that's what needs to happen when if a a woman can be a deacon right a woman can be a leader a woman can teach a woman can go on right and and do as she pleases say as she wishes just like number 30 says that um i'm going to read just number 30 verse 7 um if her husband hears it and he has kept silent towards her on the day that he hears then her vow shall stand and her agreements by which she bound herself do stand but if her husband forbids her on the day that he hears it then he has nullified her vow which she vowed and the rash utterance of her lips by which she bound herself and yahweh pardons her so basically you know if he keeps silent it stands but if he decides to speak up he can he can protect and he can cover and he can say no. This is also why uh, me and Tian talked about earlier about Genesis. Why, um, you know, um, Eve when she ate of the fruit, or, or you know, the and she partook in that 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 from the serpent. Um, you know, nothing happened. It's interesting when you read, nothing happened. But it's only when Adam came and he didn't do something about it and he partook too that's when the consequence came in other words this instruction of numbers was being applied because god was honoring the covering of the husband and he was he was waiting for adam to speak up but he didn't he kept silent basically he basically let, let it fly and because of that that's when it went to stand and so yeah. in a church congregate or in a, an assembly whatever you want to call it um that's the same kind of thing where if a, a, a woman like you mentioned the the lady who you allowed to come and teach because she's been doing it for years and years and years and when the men were absent and now the men are there but now you guys are still giving her a platform you're allowing that um and and you're doing it but you're but she and she understands i know her you know it's amazing how she she understands 
authority not in terms of over the overseer of the congregation which is yeah. important which not only women but men as well need to respect you know if an overseer is the one who's going to basically determine like tiana is going to determine when i can speak at his congregation or not um but then also you know um if, if she if, if if the if the woman let's say the woman's husband is there he is also her covering he's the one who's going to um protect her and 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 cover her in that way as well yeah, yeah Peter, if i can just chip in there sorry um i think when when it comes to to the covering and to the vows and so forth um i really people need to see that as as for women it's a real safe place it's not a it's not a place of oppression you know if if you if you are equally yoked and you and you made covenant with someone that's why it's so important with who you make covenant with and just understanding marriage once again this is not something to oppress women and to say oh if you're speaking and i don't like it personally then i'm just going to say it doesn't matter you know it, it's also not that it's also <laughs> again a, a husband loves his wife that's what we're instructed to do and if you love your wife i value my wife's opinion like i can't i'm so excited about working towards that place where me and my wife are speaking from from one mouth where we are truly one where we are truly ichad. and um and that that happens by speaking and by saying and by doing you know both of you working things for the kingdom it's not that i'm all of a sudden this overseer and she's just sitting on the corner no she's my support she's as much part of it and if she's got something to say it is an amazing safe place for her to know that i can maybe later on say listen i don't think that was necessarily in line or correct and i'm sure with with your engagement and to where you know with um with you getting getting married it's going to be the same place it is it is a very very safe place for a woman to be and and i really hope that women will see it like that that it's not this oppression you underneath me but that it is that picture of yeshua and his bride just just being there and just covering it and it's so true like you said if adam that's why that sin was was for the man and we often joke around like saying oh it's the woman that sinned it's the woman that sinned yeah. it was actually the man that didn't take up his position it was the man that allowed it to happen and he could have stopped that whole thing and it could have been very different but he didn't he partook in it and um and we can just see when that order gets gets mixed up and you don't stop it there's consequences for that but you are allowed to and you are in a position to do that and that i think is a very safe place for a woman to be at yes that's such a good point and you know um it brings up another good tangent but <laughs> if you will like you know what you know you mentioned about women who um who who it's very important to choose the covering it's very important to choose who you marry basically and yeah. for men as well of course you know of course. um but now i want us to talk a little bit about people who basically or women especially let's say who because you mentioned we started this conversation with um you know how women um uh, sorry how the women how how they submit to um oh i just lost my train of thought but basically I, what i was trying to say is you know we have this what about women who let's say they they chose a man but that man is not with god yeah you you mentioned the beginning we have all these women who you know they they don't they they maybe come first to this revelation of yeshua yeah. and they're on fire for god but their husbands are kind of left behind yeah what about them you know because now we're basically what we are saying in this essentially is we're saying that the bible says that this that you as a as a woman we need a woman needs to uh, submit to her husband of course that's what the word says and a, and a husband should love his wife but now what if 
the husband does not submit to God. How does a wife submit to a husband that doesn't submit to God? Now, if I can just give my two cents there for a sake, you know, um, what I found is that it's really interesting. And I've seen this many times. I've got per, like really got experience in really seeing this is, is that, you know, when a woman submits to a husband regardless of where he's at because see the instruction is is you submit to your husband regardless it's not about if he submits to god yeah. you submit to your husband and i want to i want to submit to you that if you submit to your husband no matter where he's at that god is still the one over him god is still the one who covers him even if he's not really um in covenant but because of you as a woman who's who is um, who is who's drawing near to God? You set up. You you're the one who sets apart your husband, and God covers your husband. And it's kind of it's funny because I've seen many times that when women do this, even in a, a husband who's not on board with everything, who's not believing or whatever, he still, for some supernatural reason, allows her to do the things of God. You know, he allows. He's not gonna stop her from. Um, you know, doing uh, preaching or, or, or feeding the orphan, the widow, the poor man, whatever, doing things of God. He is going, even if he is not on board, He like with, with God, he is going to allow her to walk out her calling in that way because she submits to God. And yeah. it's kind of like, it's funny because it's almost like the man doesn't have a choice uh, because <laughs> God covers him. God is over him. God is the head. God is the head of, God, God covered basically everyone, including the wife. So, the wife who submits to her husband automatically <laughs> submits to God. It's one thing, right? Yeah. And so then automatically God covered her too. See, but if the wife does not submit to her husband, she walks out of this whole thing and God is not even there anymore. Because if, if you want to, if you, a way for a, a, a woman to love God is to submit to her husband. That's one yeah. of the ways. Yeah. So I just want to read one verse and um, just what I mentioned earlier. And uh, it, it is that where, uh, see if I can find it really quick. Um, the uh, Tian, do you maybe? Oh, I got it here. One, one Corinthians seven fourteen. You, you. I just want to read this quick. For the unbelieving husband has been set apart in his wife. The unbelieving wife set apart in the husband. Otherwise, your children would be clean, but now they're set apart. And if the unbelieving one separates, let him separate. A brother or sister has not been enslaved in such manners, but God called us to peace. For how do you know a wife, whether you shall save your husband? Or how do you know a husband, whether you shall save your wife? So, yeah, I just wanted to add that. You know, it's that's why it's important to submit regardless of where you're at. And it takes real humility to submit to a husband who's not where you think he should be. But it's possible and it brings good fruit. Yeah, I don't. When we get into that topic, I don't. I don't want to pretend like I, I know how that would be because I. I think it's so so difficult, and I'm sure you know we've we've all seen that, and we know of cases um, where where that is like that, and that's why it just comes back to how important that marriage covenant is, and um, and with who you make that. You know, it, at the end of the day. It, regardless of where your husband is, you still stood with him in front of the father and said, this is my husband. I choose him. You know, no one forces us to make these covenants. And it's, um, it's, it's really something to remember that on that day that we stood there, you did this willfully. We decided to, to marry this person. And, um, like you said, I've, I've also found in our situations, 
that 99% of the time the husband just releases the wife to say, yes, you know, just just go and do whatever you have to do. And um, and there's no problem of that. In the case where the husband is not willing to do that, or if the husband says you can't or this or that, then you have to unfortunately um, submit to that and honor that covenant and then still, still serve the father the best you can and um, and pray for your husband. You know, I've, we've seen so many cases, even even where, where Yeshua appeared to the woman that um, that when you, when you do that mandate, when you have that mandate and when you do it well, um, even if it maybe takes five or six years for your husband to go and open his scriptures and to to go and read or to go and find out. But by your example and by your testimony and by the words that you speak, um, I truly believe that the father will eventually open your husband's eyes and and bring him in. It might be through a lot of sacrifice. It might be very difficult times. But um, and also interesting thing is it's so often when that happens, the wife says that I've been waiting for five years, six years, seven years. And then when that happens, they said that the man just had this revelation and he just all of a sudden just, you know, got this whole thing and took it further, which is also what what we see. You know, these two women went to the 11 men. And when Shavuot came, you know, 3,000 people came in. So two women went to 11, and then the men, plus that woman with them, took this thing further. I think it's exactly the same what happened um, to the Shomeron woman that you also speak about in your video. You know, Yeshua, she was speaking to her and telling her about her many husbands, and, you know, and she went to a few men, and those few men came back, and, and then eventually it became this massive thing. It was the whole city basically was there later on and believe. So, um, you know, if you are in that situation where where your husband's not 100% there, I, like I say, I know it's easy to say that. And if you're not in that position, but keep on praying. And really, I want to almost say be more submissive because I think the father will really honor that in a, in a mighty way eventually. Yes, amen. And, um, you know, it's funny because as you were speaking and talking about those stories, it just reminded me of or it just made me think of how God used these women as forerunners in a way. You know, they were they were the ones and, and even today we see the same thing. They were the ones who went out to to be the first ones to hear and bring the good news because see it takes an ear to hear and a lot of times men can't hear because you know, <laughs> not, not so easy. <laughs> yeah we've got we've got a lot of issues man. We, <laughs> i mean we've got i just mean like men we we struggle with pride guys let's just be honest man and yeah. um you know sometimes you know women are just more humble in that way and their ears are open to hear and oftentimes when the women came and brought us the good news and we actually did hear listen to them you know maybe it's a good idea to continue listening and not now say okay women you gave us the good news thank you now go sit in the corner and keep quiet we don't want to hear anything else anymore because that's unfortunately what's happened in many of our congregations yeah. today where yeah. women were the first ones like the example amazing example you gave of this this woman who for years and years and years labored for the gospel and then these men were like no 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 and then later all these men suddenly awoke and now, if those men now came and pushed your side, that would be ridiculous, you know. Yeah. So, oh, sure. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I, I think we need to be very, very careful because, you know, Yeshua talked about, uh, and I'm, I do mention, I mean, I do mention this a lot, but it's so important. He talked about the, 
those who exalt themselves, those who are prideful, basically, will be called least. And those women, those women who came and humbly came to preach that gospel to you in the first day, those are the ones who are going to be great in the kingdom. While you're least, if you're going to be wanting to dominate over them and telling them, no, you, you know, you can't teach or whatever. Yeah. So um, I'd like us to talk about. Uh, there's one last topic that that's very important i think a, a big problem that you know this is kind of a question i also got that i would like to share so um so single women in the church are only le legalized quote unquote once they are married and i mean by legalized we're talking about like allowed to operate in the body more effectively they're made to feel or believe they cannot do certain things or take part in certain activities until they're married it's the idea that the real purpose of a christian woman is to be a wife and a mother post that she's got no real value for the body. I guess the question would be, what's the purpose of a woman who's without a covering? And where where is it written that Yeshua is a single woman's covering? Right. So, you know, this is a very big thing too. And I think women who are single either or maybe divorced or widows or for whatever reason, they don't have an active covering as we've been discussing over them and many congregations have looked at these women and tossed them aside and been like you don't have a value because you're not married and you need a husband before you can actually be effective and this is a big problem because now we have this problem with this burden that all these women must get married and you know if they don't get married soon they're they can't be effective until they're married you know which is absolutely nonsense yeah. Um, you know, the value of a woman is not in her husband. The value of a woman is, is who she is in Yeshua. Yeah. And, and yes, there is, a, there, is, there, is, there is a role for marriage and there are great things that can come from that. But a woman can be extremely effective even as a single divorced widowed woman in the body. Now, yeah, I mean, Tian, do you have any experience? Have you seen any of that in your congregation? Oh, you may yeah. wish? We we have a, a few divorced women and um, a few widows as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as as far as as not being married yet, um, your father, your dad should you know is is your covering. And and once again, where wherever your dad is in his journey, or I'm sure that as a parent, most of the time, if you go to your dad or and tell them you know this is what you want to do your dad will release you or give you your, you his blessing and then you are covered you know that's again such an uh, amazing place to be um for for women so i i don't quite agree with obviously not having value in that and and i haven't had too much um to do with that because of just the whole order regarding that and the dad and the father then being um the covering of that and i think it's something that in the body we definitely need to have a look at as well if that is your point of view of things because um once again i think um I, th I think it is a lot more than just being male or female regarding um regarding your work that you can do and your gifts that you receive definitely also is not because of male or female and um right. yeah so so your dad is your covering uh, that's that's what it should be Right. And I want to clarify, you know, that, um, you know, the, the, the instruction in numbers talks about how if, if, if a, um, if your, whoever your uh, covering is, you know, if it's now your husband or your dad or whatever, um, that would be, uh, they, they can just, the, the, the instruction is if they hear it and they just keep silent, that's it. That's your permission. So it's not necessarily about asking your husband, can I do this? Can I do that? It can just be, live it out and your husband's role is 
he can step in and he can protect and he can cover if he feels like he needs to. Like Adam had to in the garden, yeah. but he didn't, right? Yeah. So, um, and I want to talk about, so also we, we talked about kind of single women, I guess, were under their husband, oh, sorry, under their father's um, house or, or covering. But there's also the case of divorced women and widowed women, women who who lost their husband in whichever way. And, you know, and this this chapter numbers actually do talk about that too. It talks about how um, we, 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 we already discussed about, you know, everything. But then in verse 9, he says, um, any vow of a widow or a divorced woman by which she has bound herself stand against her, stands against her. So just like a man, early in Numbers 30, he talks about a man. He says, if a man makes a vow, if he makes an agreement, if he binds himself, if he does something, basically, he that he's accountable to that and he's got, that's it, right? But a woman, she's got the covering. and But if she's divorced, she will be like a man, basically, because she yep. will be, it stands against her and she, because she does not have a covering she's left that so you know that means that they that the, the that's the case so we cannot put restrictions on women who are say divorced or widows and say that you can't do anything because you don't have a covering because the word says that they don't have one they don't need one they will be like a man like a man who 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 speaks and that 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 for me is just how you can see that safe place, you know, how you can see that that is in position for a husband to be able to, to be that safe place for, um, for his wife. And, and if that's not there, then yes, you know, if, if you've, you know, been divorced or with the father has taken back life, then, um, <clears throat> then, then that covering isn't there anymore. You, you're responsible for, for what you say and for what you do. And, um, that's just what, what a privileged position that actually is. Once again, if you just, live it out in the way that you should and and if the father's order is in order because there's amazing blessing in that they, they, it really is it's just the way that that he's gave it to us and that he created it right and you know um it also makes me think you know i know a lot of people also say i've, I've heard it said you know well you know we have the the, the bora you know in, in in the scriptures how she was a prophet and a teacher and a judge over israel like a crazy position and that story is amazing because um, I want to shift gears for a sec because this is important to touch on. She, she, um, it, the story is is really interesting because she basically went and um, we had Balak and he's like, you know, I'm afraid to go into this war and she and he's like, you know, Deborah, can you, Deborah, can you come with us? Yeah. Because if you come with us, it's all going to be okay, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's so amazing that, you know, she was this high position authority, even over that military leader of Israel. And you've got that example. We've got the example of Phoebe, the deacon. You know, we, there's more examples in scriptures and in the scriptures. And, and Sorry, but it, it takes a, a, a humbled man to be able to realize and to see the father's voice inside of a woman or in anyone else for that matter. It's like you say, we really do struggle with pride. And and he he just knew that that was the father speaking through him, so uh, through her. So that was why it was so easy for him to say, "Well, you know, you have to come with. If you come with, we'll go to this war." Because he knew that the the information and the word that he was receiving was from the father. So that's just what it is. It but it takes a humble man, even in his position, to be able to do that. Exactly, and many would. I think many would say, "Oh, but you know, those are exceptions to the rule." You know, Deborah, Deborah, and um, uh, you know Phoebe, for example, they're just exceptions. But we need to understand that they were except. If even if they were exceptions, that it happened. 
we yeah, had yeah. them and if God did it then he can do it today again and you know who are we as men as 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 even overseers of fellowships yeah. to keep a woman to stand in the way of God to do something like who, who can do that again through a woman if a woman is incredibly called and anointed and and poured out full of gifts by the spirit you know who are we as men to stand in that in the way of that you know there's really a shift that needs to happen i think in the body with regards to this and you know, and I think that guys, you know, this is a big deal. And the reason we're talking about this so seriously is because if we get this wrong, you know, we get it all wrong. And and that um, we, we will rob women of the gifts that God has given them. We will literally be coming and stealing those gifts that God gave them to edify the body. If we tell them you're not allowed to exercise that here, you know, um, so I, I want to kind of, yeah, Tian, do you, do you have, sorry, do you want to add to that? Sorry, as a as, as an overseer, I, I think you have a very big responsibility to as quickly as possible to to realize everyone's gifts around you. And, and you're actually not, not stealing from the woman if you're not letting them speak. But if someone's got a gift or, the, or, they, or they, they've got something to give, then you are actually withholding from the assembly. You are, you, you are not doing as an overseer what you are supposed to do. Um, Peter, I, I, I think we, we should just also, you know, you, you were speaking in your videos quite a lot about the culture of the day, which I think was was very good. Um, and I, I think from my side, just just to make it clear as well that um, that there is unfortunately women that sometimes get this wrong as well, where, where they are in positions. If we maybe can just touch that um, on that as well. I know you had an example where, where a woman was an overseer or was in charge of something and you, you spoke to her regarding. So I, I think that would also just be good because there is two sides of this as well. I, I know that we we are very for women speaking. Um, it, it should just be in the right manner and in the right order and in the right way, if we can just maybe talk about that. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. That's so good, man. Because um, yes, there are two sides, and that you have we have this whole problem with if men are uh, withholding women, let's say, or or keeping them back. But there's also the problem of women who want to dominate, and which is even a problem today. And it was way back in Paul's time when he was writing, because many of his letters in if you go watch my series Women in Ministry, I, I talk about it. But you know, many of his letters were written to these women who wanted to dominate these Roman. I mean, this Roman culture had like a revolution going with all these new women of Rome who wanted to dominate over men. You know, they had like temples with women high priests, pagan temples with women high priests, no men allowed. They had like all kinds of weird stuff going on. And, you know, even though, you know, we have today similar things, we've got feminism, we've got things where women are, you know, we have just kind of the opposite of it. And, and you know God doesn't want that. You know we must we must be careful. You know I, um, you know we talked about kind of the overseer thing. We said like a man. That's the that's the proper position uh, I believe for a man. Like a man should be a, if you will, a pastor over a congregation, and his wife can certainly be there with him, right? But he is the he's the, the, the that's why um, Paul says if he cannot cannot rule his own house, how will he rule a or how will he be able to oversee a fellowship? Yeah. Um, and so. Um, that's what's the role of a husband as the leader of a household to be the leader of a, a man, a leader of a, a, a fellowship. But there are cases, you know, we, I remember we once ministered, we, I'm here in, in South Africa and we once ministered to a, in a congregation where there was a woman and she was the, 
she was the, the basically can you say the leader or the, the overseer of this congregation and i actually asked her i said you know why are you carrying this uh by yourself like in this manner and she said you know um pd you know i when i came to uh, she was very much like this example that you've mentioned Tian, earlier about she's yeah. this woman who basically got this revelation and none of the men wanted anything to do with this they're all busy with whatever and and um, but then she caught on fire and then men started coming closer but her her even her congregation at the time was very much there was a lot of women there were there were men too but uh, men were starting to come along and then I, and she said you know pd i'm i'm the one who caught fire and and i there's no one else if i'm not here if i'm not going to be here to do this there's no one else who's going to be able who's going to who's going to do it so and this is my point is if a man is drowning in a river if a man is busy he doesn't care who pulls him out of the water yeah. and if it's a woman yes amazing but now see she told me this next she said well pd you know what um, I'm actually busy training and discipling my son to very soon take over this fellowship. You see, a man. Because, see, that's what she wanted to do. And then, obviously, still serve alongside him and so on. Yes. But, but yes, there's so there are these ex exceptions. There are these cases where, I mean, hey, there's no other way. Are we going to let people not die without Yeshua or are we going to allow this? You know, we need to, we need to, there are, there are places for that. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a problem we, we, and, and that also women wanted, some women want to have a domineering spirit. And, and that is also not acceptable in that um, we must, we, there is a fine balance where we must be humble and uh, just really seek the Father's heart in that. It, it, it takes a strong woman like that. That example that you used, I, I think is so important. Like if, if the man is absent and if the men are not there, then I truly believe you are still in that phase where you are going to the men and proclaiming the good news to them, exactly what happened mm. at the resurrection. And um, and you have to keep on doing that. But it actually takes a very, very strong woman to once the men, when once the eyes are open and the men are standing up to then actually to submit into your position once again. Now, of course, that woman should still be allowed to speak if she's a good teacher or whatever it might be, but she still needs to come under a covering of the overseer or a man that, that has. So that's, that's quite a great example um, of that, what I believe a woman doing it well and right. And, um, and I think there's going to be a lot of blessing in that, in training up a son and, and going forward with that. I've unfortunately seen the other side of it as well, where, where women have been in that position. And you actually find that, <clears throat> I, I think you find it quite often and it's quite common still where, where women really are in that position and then if there's men standing up and men around them that they're still trying to keep that position and to be there and I've actually seen the fruit of that and and you know that it actually ends up not not being blessed as other fellowships are you know because that order, order is just not right so so it, it's also very important for the woman, if you are in that position and the Father has blessed you of that, to really go and to to proclaim this thing and to take it forward, but to to identify the men and to encourage them to take their positions and for you to take your position as well. Otherwise, it's going to be fruitless on the long run. Amen. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. There, and it, like you said, it takes a real piece, like a lot of humility to do that. But, you know, it brings real blessing. And so, yeah. Um, you know th that's that's the thing and the father calls us to do and like like so we so guys we're we're there's two sides of this coin and it's very important to understand both sides um to to worship the god our father in, in spirit and truth in that manner um so yeah 
Um, Tian, I don't know if you've got anything else to add, um, but no, you're good. So, so yeah, guys. So I hope this 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 conversation blessed you guys. You know, um, you know, let us know in the comments below. You know, um, your thoughts about this. Um, I, I hope this really blessed you and and gave gave you a few things to think about because I wanted to just in this conversation make things practical for us. Um, because it's easy to just get caught up in the theology about things, but when we start looking at practical examples the, and kind of the obvious, you know, sometimes there's not a lot of conversation around that, and that's why I wanted to do this. So, Tian, thank you so much, brother, um, for coming on here. It has been an incredible blessing, and um, I know it blessed many people. And so, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you and keep you. Um, Tian, do you? Is there uh, any way that people could you can reach you, or uh, you know, maybe someone is in Cape Town who want to join your fellowship? Um, well, yeah, please go. It's at this moment just Tian van Weyke um, on Facebook. You know, you can you can just link to my Facebook page and get into contact with me there. Um, we we are busy setting up a few things, getting things in into place and into order. Um, just where people can reach us and what we do and and if you want to join you know um it's it's very much it's it's not it won't be a youtube channel or things like that but it will be where things are physically happening you know we are doing quite a few things and and that so yeah but pd thank you so much for having me and it was a big blessing speaking to you um and keep up the good work man it's it's amazing we we wish you could stay in south africa but we wish you all the well for, for the future and for everything that the Father is putting on your path as well. Oh, thanks, Dion. So I'll I'll be I'll be putting um your uh something for you guys to contact in if you wanted to with questions or inquiries or anything in the description of this video. And then yeah, so okay guys, may God bless you and keep you. Have an amazing day, and I'll see you guys in the next video. Shalom.